like we landed on the moon, nothing been the same since. Uh, Now let the limelight shine bright. We in our prime at the time of our life. We on the night. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scrum Paul's Allen Podcast. Hey ho. Scrum is out here, sorry, it's always my good friend and co host, Paul Brown. Hey ho, again. It feels like a wee while since you and I have recorded, Paul, well, because what well, we did record some stuff close together, you know, pre recorded some stuff and then. We did, but we, we took a sabbatical for a little a little bit of a, a show power, as it were. Yeah, we started, we took the, like, pre recorded stuff when I went and matched it, came back. We ended up recording two podcasts when we were meant to record one because we just couldn't <laughs> stop talking about football hooliganism and drinking and all yeah, that. Your Manchester trip became a, a show all of its own. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a hell of a detour. But then, in between now, it's not that we haven't done work since, because yeah. we did We did have Paul appear on Rogue Pines as well for a fun watch along we with did. Smackdown. That was, that was super fun. I enjoyed that. It, I enjoyed that a great deal. It should be on the Rogue Opinion uh, podcast feed right now <laughs> if you're listening to this, so go check that out once this is done. Don't you need to watch the episode? I think we covered it just as just as well. Mm. Give you give you enough of a, a picture for it. Uh, but some will be back for the next episode, which is going out this week as well. I don't know the order wise if this will be out before that episode because knowing sound things can always change schedule wise. Mm. And we're recording this a few days after we should have done it. Because uh, we said, oh, we'll do the SmackDown episode and then I'll come up in a few days and we'll do this show. Then I rescheduled to the following day because work was just, real life is a pain in the earth. Yeah. Then I came up, I was still stressed about the previous day's work and that day's work. And Paul had his own things to be stressed about. And uh, basically Paul said something I should have argued against him, but I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't have the strength to. Well, when, when, when can you argue against me, really? Come on. Well, that's like 40% of this podcast and me arguing against you. Yeah, so 60% of it means I win. Yay! <laughs> Not how that works. <laughs> but anyway, you basically went, do I get drunk and watch daily? And I went, I really do. <laughs> I really do, actually. And we, we really did. We did. We really did. We got bloated. And uh, you were taking care of your mother's dog, Jessie. Well, lovely little dog, Jessie. I was she taking was care of Jessie. <clears throat> She seemed to be quite fond of me because I was the one giving her claps and um, attention. Yeah, I gave her claps and attention. I'm just not very good at it. You know, I'm usually better at sitting and mm. drinking. Yeah, you're not used to being a dog owner, though, are you? I'm not used to pets, and I have a pet. Mm. You know, I can deal with my cat because he is not very high maintenance like a dog. Yeah. He, he generally just comes for pets, looks for food, and sleeps. I was just like, because... Sorry to cut you off, but I have found something, a, a new thing I can enjoy with my cat. Hmm. See, I enjoy uh, tins of tuna. Uh-huh. And I recently discovered the tuna with, with the spring water in it. And I've discovered also that if I do not drain it and I just eat the tuna, my cat, Milo, he fucking loves the spring water stuff in the tuna. <laughs> so... I eat a good bit of tuna, I leave him a little bit, give him the spring water stuff, and he laps that shit up so he does, he loves that. So, that's my new thing with my cat, we share a tin of tuna. You're really turning into an old lady, aren't you? Paul, you need to get up more, you started doing old lady things. Yes, I know, I know. But one step away from that episode of Fraser where Fraser's walking around with that cat, he's watching, he pulls um, up. Mr. Bottomsley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I am Aunt Shirley. <laughs> Basically, 
So, you know, I think I was pretty, I don't, I briefly spent time with this dog, but not as much as I had that day I came to yours and she came up to me, I'll try you know, let us know that, hey, I am friendly, I will give you claps and that. But then she basically just sat by my part of the couch, she was like, I like him, please, give me attention, rub my belly, <laughs> rub my belly, human. Yeah, yeah. That was basically it. We petted the dog, we drank, and I, I instilled you with the knowledge of Def Leppard, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Because Def Leppard are cool as fuck. But yes, Impact. It feels like oh, ages ago since Rebellion happened, even though it wasn't actually that long ago. But yeah. you know, but then the fact that Impact very quickly moved on to, uh, to Under Siege and everything, but and now we've already started to get a picture of what's anniversary. We have, like. we have. Well, I remember I was trying to, I've been trying to keep us on a bit of a schedule. I failed at that, but still. <laughs> but like, trying to figure out what weeks we're doing, what shows for at least a, a brief month period so we can, you know, plan out content, get excited about the content, and then think, what more, do we want to do more of this stuff? or what, So we can get excited to the point where we're going, <gasps> we're doing that? Yes. Yay! <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, I'm good with that excitement. <laughs> But uh, I had to reschedule at least three weeks of the of the uh, my original plan when I was putting it together because I, I planned out thinking that Slamversity was in July as it usually is, but no, they've they moved it to June because I believe June nineteenth will be twenty years to the day of the first ever TNA weekly pay per view. Indeed. So anniversary wise, it makes sense. They're going back to Nashville and everything. It's going to be cool. They're not building it around uh, releases this year. Which maybe for the best, maybe just. I mean, if somebody they want to sign somebody new and have them show up at at Slammerse, that'll still be cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think they should try and just go back to what they were trying to do the last Generally, two years. Generally, I'm sure we'll get into it, but considering <laughs> certain returns that have happened over the past while, I think Slammerse is going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think Slammerse is going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So. We'll, we'll delve into it. Uh, I have a wee section so I like to go through. I'll like, basically talk there. I'm going to start with the main event, seeing all the, the happenings that are going on. Yeah. We'll go to the main event of, of Rebellion, where we had Josh Alexander getting his long awaited one on one match for the title against Moose. Against Moose. It's one of the better stories that they've been Moose. building to <laughs> with, with Moose and Josh Alexander. Moose coming out in his red and yellow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Josh Alexander coming out with his wife and his boy, his boy dressed as a as a mini Josh Alexander. I thought that was kind of nifty. Like, like the, wee, the wee man dressed his dad. Uh, he's wee man went up to the ropes and did his dad's pose and, yeah, and everything. That was nifty. I liked that. <laughs> I liked that as well. You got Josh Alexander doing his like, serious face, but you can see at the corner of his eye he's all he's dead chuffed to have his <laughs> to have his boy there. I was very hopeful, you know, for this match to you know be good, and I know it's, it feels weird to say that because you know we're all we're always praising Miss and Josh Alexander in particular for the quality of, of matches, especially when Alexander was on that like that hot streak with the X Division title. But it's just the idea of like because since Bound for Glory, this is what it's been building to, so roughly like almost six months, mm. and you know you hope we, like, you've been building to a match. If the match under delivers, you're gonna be like ah. It was a bit underwhelming, that. but thankfully <laughs> it wasn't underwhelming. No, it was not. Mm. It was very back and forth. You had Moose, you know, getting up right up in George Alexander's wife's face, mm. you know, being a bastard, as he usually <laughs> does. Uh, 
yeah, the the near fall of the finishes like miss kick, kick, kicks out of the C four spike. Mm. You think, oh, does that mean they're gonna get me to tap out? Because there were a couple of close calls with the ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. And then of all things to help set up the the, the next C four spike, uh, Josh said there counters a spear with a Styles clash. I know that was a trip. <laughs> that was super cool. Just completely out of nowhere. I don't think Josh said any connection to AJ Styles, like, but fuck it. You might not be part of Impact anywhere, but guess what? We're still gonna use your fucking move. Yeah. Right. Why do you think we got an AJ Swoggle? <laughs> but then Steve Force Bait, and it all can perfectly be summed up by just Tom Hannafin's reaction <laughs> to it. You know, just going, finally, finally, finally. <laughs> and, you uh-huh. know, he didn't. I thought he was, I thought he was very underrated as a commentator in WWE, but I think Tom Hannafin's a class like, lead commentator for I an impact. I think he is. I think, I think he is. I think he's very cool, Tom Hannafin. Mm. I'm I'm fond of Tom Hannafin. That's I'm a, also very fond of Raywalt. Yeah, I like Raywalt. Mm-hmm. So so you get you have that that class goal like you know it's not exactly the JR like often often get a goal <laughs> but you know it's a, it still really helps capture the moment. The fans were all behind it because you know you worry there's going to be some it's in New York there's going to be some smarky fans cheering for Moose mm. but the worst one but every. The Josh Alexander fans were sneaking a sucks whenever they chanted from us, <laughs> which, uh, which I liked that bit of audience mm. back and forth. Uh, and then Josh, even though he only won the title like less than a month ago at the time of recording, uh, <sighs> he's been a busy, busy boy ever since. Oh, yeah, Because then they're like, oh, no, no wasting any time. Next episode of Impact, it's going to be a rematch, Moose versus Josh Alexander, which helped give Moose a bit of a, obviously, a great to have as the heel gone. Oh well, I see how it is. He's he's getting six months to prepare for a shot at the table, but you no know, after I carried impact be Mr. Impact Wrestling, I only get I only get five days, that's no fair. <laughs> and then they have the rematch, which again solid match. I prefer the rebellion match, but still it was a hell of a match between uh, these two. It was, it was. Sorry, I'm 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 not I'm not my usual perky self. Phil's a bit unwell. He's not bored, but he's a bit unwell. I'm definitely not bored. I'm yeah. very, I'm very excited about this whole thing we're talking of. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm I'm very un- I'm a little under the weather, so you have, mm-hmm. the good people will have to bear with me. Yeah, but we'll get you there. But we'll get you. I'll get there. I'll get there. But uh, I'm sure there'll be <laughs> some other things that are exciting for you that once we talk about your perk up, but. No, this is, this is exciting for me. I'm just, yeah, no. you know. I know it's one or two moments that you particularly were fond of telling me about once I'd seen them. Because you're like, yeah, it, yeah. like, did you see this? Did you see this? Yeah. Wasn't that cool? Was it? Uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a spot on impression of Paul, I think. I love watching. Did you see it? It was so good. Did you see it? It was cool. It was the bestest. You better think it's the bestest too because I thought it was the bestest because it is. See, that car so excited it went off. I don't even know if I could, if you could hear that. Hopefully you guys didn't hear it, but you know, if it did, well, there you go. See, even the car's excited. Anyway, but then, like, during the night, they were hyping up, oh, after this match, we'll get an announcement from Scott DeWarrius. Hadn't picked somebody for the undersea, and the only thing we got is, oh, it's, it's somebody who got a big one at Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Tomohiro Ishii of New Japan for wrestling fame, who I know going into the undersea match, you were a bit sceptical about because oh, you weren't the biggest fan of the skept- I was only sceptical in regards to Tomohiro Ishii because I'd see I, you'll need to remind me the name of the guy previously the old guy in his pants with the Minoru Suzuki Minoru Suzuki right <laughs> seeing him mm-hmm. 
didn't leave me too positive about the possibility of another New Japan guy coming because I thought I was going to bring up another guy who is obviously a legend, but he's going to be an old guy in his pants. No, no, he's an older guy in, in small shorts, yeah. basically. But Ishii vastly impressed me compared to the other guy mm-hmm. because if we're talking the match between Ishii and Alexander, mm-hmm. my God, that match was phenomenal. Like, I said to Brian at the end of that match, I mean, I can't go in, like, overly descriptive in it, because it was just, there was not one thing in that fucking match that was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? The spots, the timing, both guys looked strong as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I said to Brian just before the end of the match, I said, you know how sometimes when you watch the match, and you start to get into it so much that you forget that it's a scripted match? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's so fucking good. Yeah, well, that's how I felt about that match, and by the end of it, I was I, I was tired from adrenaline. You know what I mean from watching it because it was so good. It was probably the best match I've seen the whole year. Yeah. I remember watching uh, on uh, Rebellion and seeing the match. Where enjoyed. I get what what, somebody, what you had mentioned to me about it being a bit slow and everything, but like I think if this was that match taking place in a New Japan ring, where that be in the US or in Japan, I think that would been fitting all the style but like I remember you'd said that you'd been a bit confused while you loved the card mostly overall that you'd said you thought Rebellion had some weird like placement issues of like weird choices of this match to follow a certain match yeah yeah, yeah I thought I thought it was kind of weird there's certain like certain matches it was kind of like you know like you're hyped for one and then the next one comes out and you're like oh that's a bit that's good <laughs> but it's a bit nah. and then the next one comes like ah oh, so I figured a certain match would have been better, say, at the start of the show and have have a slow and steady build. Yeah. Rather than, because if you'd have done it that way, by the time you got to the match between Josh and Ishii, mm-hmm. you would have been on the edge of your fucking seat going, oh my God, this show has been fucking fantastic. Instead of going, now this show was good, but this match was fucking fantastic. Because like, I think I think it was like a very middle of the card placement was Ishii, was Ishii Jonah. I, I, I'm I'm not got the full card list now, but I, mean, I think it was either just before or right after the the tag gauntlet. If it was right after, I could see why it was right in the middle of the card. So I think pace and wise, we could have done better by them. But like, I was I was still like, I was I was thinking like, oh, trust me, you'll enjoy this match. You'll enjoy it. And I know I don't know if I mentioned before. I got to ask a question to Josh Alexander in a Impact Media call. You have mentioned that, yes. And when I mentioned, mentioned to him about wrestling people from Japan, he mentioned Ishii was one of the people by name. So I knew when this match was happening, I thought this would be a good one because I know Josh really wants this match and Ishii often delivers stuff. And the funny thing about Ishii, I thought he's a, he's an older kind of guy, he's not as old as Suzuki, but I thought he's getting up there in his years as a wrestler, I thought, because he kind of came more, well, not to more, more main New Japan fans of Western audience. In like 2013, mm. but he because he finally got in there like full time at that point. But he'd been wrestling for ages, he'd originally been uh, rejected from their dojo system and had to come up, they choose in a different way in the Japan scene. I was like, How old is Ishii? I had a wee quick Google there. Tomorrow, Ishii is 46 years old. He's only 46? Yeah. That means he's two years younger than Edge. Mm. And he doesn't even look that old. Uh, a bit. Of, he, he's got some stubble in it. You can see some slight grey in it. But other than that, you can. Yeah, he, he is what we nickname him though. Mm. Stone Pitbull. Yeah. I mean, that in itself is a cool ass nickname. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Stone Pitbull, <laughs> and he really is. Like, see, watching his movement in ring, he's got that thing that a lot of guys, especially New Japan guys, 
he's quick, uh-huh. but my God, he's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of the power moves that that guy pulled out during that match with Josh Alexander were mm-hmm. a little tasty. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, at some points during it, it like, even though, like, mm-hmm. watching the match, I knew it was Josh's first big proper defence. Yeah. And you go into you go, he's not going to lose it, like, just after win. I mean, the amount of time they spent building him, blah, blah, blah. But even at certain points during that match, you think, Ishii could win this shit. Mm-hmm. Ishii could beat him. <laughs> all, all of some of the movies, you did, like, how fast is for a guy, like, has, he's a short statue, but he does that slide in, like, Larry, where he's, mm-hmm. like, he catches mm-hmm. you. And then he's going to slide into a pin, and this, and the transition, or the fact that he's finished her as a brain buster. And given that most opponents he wrestles are often taller than him, it looks even more impressive when he gets them up in there and just holds mm. them there for a second, drops you down. No, I'll, I'll tell you something. If Impact have any hope of regaining the heights they once had, I would recommend strongly to build that company around Josh Alexander. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because there is, there is and I, I've got my favourites in Impact, I really do. But Josh, mm-hmm. Josh is... yeah. He's next level, man. Mm. You know, he's like fucking WWE level. Yeah. He is He is that level. He should be on that level, yeah. which in my opinion means Impact should be on that level. He, like, there was a whole thing about, like, when Ishii was, like, in that ankle lock for a long time. Like, Ishii doesn't tap out. He's a tough motherfucker. He doesn't tap out. But, like, yeah. What, what a statement this would be for Josh Alexander if he could get Ishii to tap out. It looked like he was going to tap He out. did, he did. But the amount of times, like, he was so in... They made sometimes that shit can look really boring. Yeah. Like just you know, for God's sake, just break out or something. But they even made that look suspenseful. Yeah. That's why I said like a whole match. I was like I was basically sitting that whole match going, Is he she actually gonna beat him? And in the back of your mind your mind's going, Fuck it, of course he's not gonna beat him and then you're going that but he might <laughs> <laughs> he might win. He also seems to have a new like finisher set up. He used it on Moose and he used it on you see here where he hooks you up for like, a power bomb and then he rolls you over, flips in, C4 spike, yeah, and yeah. it's his new kind of main thing. I like it, yeah. though. I like, I like it. I like it too. You know, like I say, that company needs Josh. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Josh is a lot the awful, like a lot the mm-hmm. awful the company too, you know? Also, you see, he had some, some other quality matches in the last couple of weeks where. Before uh, Under Siege, yeah, Steve Macklin saying like, well, he thought given he won the triple threat to open the show, the the match with Jay White and yeah, Saban, yeah. as in like they can say like, oh, no, oh, he can he can say he beat Jay White even though he didn't pin Jay White, he pinned Saban because Saban had the cradle shock on a Jay White, yeah. and then Macklin sweep then to to get the pin, and I liked that match. I thought it was a weird choice for opener at first, but I liked the fact that Jay White immediately went to outside. They kept pokies he didn't we? He thought someone was going for a pin mm. and everything. Where you kinda had two heels, one's a more fan favourite heel in Jay White, and then you had the favourite face and then you had Max O'Neill with the career firmly against because yeah. he's so good as a heel and then a big statement I think for him to get that one and then he comes up to the squad one like, Why is it not me getting the shot at Josh Alexander? <laughs> so then they have the match with Ishii and then like even in that match, like even though I, I knew Ishii was, was gonna win Steve Macklin again pressed me watching in that match as well, mm. and like I've seen some people like talking like highly on podcasts who don't usually cover AM, um, but mentioned under siege and everything. And one of them yeah, commented about Steve Macklin. He was like, "Like I didn't realize Steve Macklin was so massive. Is it because he's wrestling next division guys? I never noticed how big he is." <laughs> Which when you think about, it, especially when he wrestles like likes of your your Sabins and that, you realize like, yeah. "Jesus, you're a big guy." But like he was in that group, the Forgotten Sons, we like that. Jackson Raker guy and everything like watching like 
you you don't you wouldn't notice him as a big guy like yeah well that's the thing it's also a good thing if you think about it like the amount of people now are slowly but surely starting to integrate impact into discussion mm-hmm. again yeah that can only be good yeah you know because I'll, I'll live for like for like next year I hope for impact to step up another level mm-hmm. and I hope for Rangers not just to make it to the final <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I need to get this off my chest, but see the minute we announced Aaron Ramsey's name as one of the penalty takers, mm-hmm. I knew we were missing that fucking penalty. <laughs> I knew we were missing that penalty the minute they uttered his fucking name. <laughs> they said his name and I went, Ah, oh, no, man, no. And sure enough, he fucked it. Mm-hmm. And then, as I told you on Friday, had I been drunk... <laughs> I would have not only broken my table, but probably broken my hand. Oh, that's why you weren't done, but oh, at least one. He's won the Scottish Cup final, huh? there's at least that. Ah, yeah, there's at least that. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you, walk away, you walk away with something for the trophy case. Right. Week. Well, it's, it's no less than we fucking deserved it for this season. Well, especially given I've seen so many people basically talking about, like, given the fact that Rangers then had to fly back to have the game in the same week. There are people going, oh, you might as well hand the, the cup trophy to Hearts at this stage. Like, but Angel's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I became aware of the whole like running joke about people complaining penalty Rangers. is like a, a joke yeah. from the guys who taking the piss out of it uh, on the Manchester trip. I saw a funny tweet when that European match went to penalties. Like, oh, come on, we know football's corrupt, but come on, that's fucking five penalties to Rangers. <laughs> yeah, even I, with my London football noise, that's actually pretty clever, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, doing my bit for Mother Nature here. <laughs> I'm squishing the plastic bottle mm. and putting it in a regular bin. But then we had a quite, rather unique uh, tag match. It didn't really lead to anything, but it was still a funny match to see on an impact where you had Ishii and Alexander team together against the team of Jay White and El Fantasmo. Oh, yeah. We had a brief stop back in a... Uh, impact. Back in the impact before going back over Japan, much like uh, our ex-division champion to... Go and compete in the Super Juniors tournament. Yep. But I like to see those two guys, those guys competing against each other. I think ELP was unfortunately put in there to like, you know, go on, you take the pin in this one, pal. Because <laughs> he unfortunately did. But yeah, it was it was good to see Nishi around for as short a time as it was. And well, they made him. good use of him. Yeah. It is very much, I've talked in the past about the, the Indies now or companies that work together through like Forbidden Doors. Like, it is pretty much the modern equivalent of your, your, your territory system where guys don't need to come in because they've, they've now signed. They can come in, do a bit, and then go back to where yeah. whoever else is they wrestle yeah. for. And like that's the thing, a guy comes in for a while, you utilise him, you, you give him some wins, he puts over some guys that you want him to put over, and then he buggers off from, from your territory. Yeah. And that's what she basically did. And it's a good way to work in this mm-hmm. current like, you know, wrestling yeah. setup we've got going. Yeah, definitely. Uh I mentioned thing about Japan is a lot for like the last couple of years they've not been allowed to like verbally make noise to fans as they come back. They can like clap and stamp their feet and everything, but they can't verbally make make noise. Mm. I think a lot of it was to do with the idea of like COVID being an airborne kind of disease and everything, but they've they've gotten bigger and bigger crowds and I've heard that at some point in June they might implement people being allowed to, to cheat again, which Yay. is nice. <laughs> uh, which would be cool for them. But anyway, Josh Alexander Going for anti slam versus twenty year anniversary of impact and TNA or NWA TNA whatever mm-hmm. guys you may want to as long as you don't refer to GFW we don't talk about that time no we don't talk about that time 
We don't talk about that. But thank you so much for like team Jeff. <laughs> we Fud. we uh, and Josh in the past has like said and we realized that you know he how much of a fan he was of TNA when he would be watching it even in its early days. So mm. he, you know it means a lot of time to be representing Impact going into the twenty year anniversary and they uh, decided that one contender for for some anniversary. Uh, via a gauntlet match, mm. which was then won by, by Eric Young. Well, let's, let's quickly talk about the gauntlet match itself. Yeah. I I thought that was both fun and kind of silly at times, <laughs> but fun, you know? And, that, and that's what you want. Because <laughs> let, let's talk about the first two entrants of that gauntlet match. Mm-hmm. It was Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. <laughs> what a coincidence it's almost yeah. as if this stuff is written. I know. It's like... I remember OSW, they reviewed the 89 one was the one where Demolition came in first, mm. came in the first two. Like, entry number one, Demolition X. Entry number two, proving that wrestling is a work, Demolition Smash. <laughs> but no, even, we even had the comedy bit with Johnny Swinger coming in <laughs> on the... It wasn't even a proper teeny ring. It looked like they'd put ropes on a shopping trolley. <laughs> you know? I think it was meant to look shit because, well, it's, it's Swinger. But Swinger comes in and he's doing his... Yeah, look at me, I'm sort of still muscular, even though I'm not quite, you know, with, with Ziggy Dice trolling him to the ring. <laughs> he comes in, and he does a bushwhacker look, and, gets thrown right and goes right out again, and then he bushwhackers his way back onto the tidy trolley again, <laughs> you know? I mean, for fuck's sake. And in the closing stages of this look, we even got Ray Walt got up from the commentary desk and got involved in this thing, which was cool. It was nice to see him actually in the ring again. Yeah, well, I think he said he's he's slowly winding down. He's he's in ring time. I think at this recent set of tapings, at least on one of the nights, he stepped into the ring for like one match. I don't know who he fought, but apparently he got into the let's ring. Let's hope. Let's hope because it's it's cool to see him wrestle. Oh, did you see this recent set of tapings in Florida, which will probably take them was across two days and probably take them right up to. Uh, Right up to Slammiversary, they got uh, Frankie Kazarian came back for a, a couple of matches. Yeah, Kazarian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he wrestled Chris Saber on the first night, apparently. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it yet. Well, no, they were already advertising, like, they oh, got the advertised yeah. matches that are going to take place on tapings, and then basically they drum up interest, and then you have to watch TV to figure out who they've got there. But, like, apparently, uh, he then is in a big tag match on the second night. I won't develop any, any other information. Obviously, don't want to be a spoiler, but. I mentioned the same match because they already advertised yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the idea of him coming in was interesting. But uh, It's interesting looking at him and Saban in their now pictures. Yeah. And seeing him and Saban wrestle, like, wrestle a match years ago. Yeah. Hella different looks, both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, hella different. Yeah. They both look old. They both used to have long hair. Yes. Now they're both old. <laughs> The ravages of time. <laughs> anyway, ravages of age. Going into this Gauntlet match, did you have a, an idea of who you thought was going to win or who you even wanted to potentially win this? No, I'll be honest, I was just going in, like, with those kind of matches and impact a lot of the time, I'm just enjoying it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you know, event, you, you generally have impact, right? Yeah. You know you're going to end up liking most likely whoever wins it. Uh-huh. Whether it be heel or face, you're going to like them because they're always cool, right? Now, I was holding out for maybe... The only thing I was holding out for was maybe a little shock yeah. win. You know, and I kind of got that with who won it. Yeah. You know, but 
I was holding out for maybe like a, like oh fuck Jordan might have won it or mm-hmm. something like like they might do you know yeah. like in, instead of like the way they dropped the ball with that flat nosed fucking difficult cow that's been fired for every job she's been in mm-hmm. not naming any names people yeah. know <laughs> but we could we could have done what we done with that flat nosed cow and done that with Jordan yeah or even Taya when she was still there yeah you know. There are many women on that roster that could easily take a world title. Mm-hmm. You know, <coughs> for the month time. Jordan. Yeah. That woman is beautiful. That woman is powerful as fuck. And she's just cool. Yeah. You know? She's just cool. Her arms are bigger than my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's... she's you know? I'm not entirely exaggerating. You know, there's no way to measure unless we met the woman herself. But, you know, for now... I think we're reasonably able to say that. Yeah, she is huge. Yes. But totally at the same time. But... I think, that, the, I think the word looking for is compact. Yes, compact and huge. <laughs> but she would have been cool. Uh, fucking Morrissey would have been cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. But who did we eventually get? We got EY, Eric Young. Which I think, given the story, they're probably going to end up telling... Uh, is is the right decision because the idea of it's twenty years on, even though he wasn't on the first show, he's been there for the longest. One of like, yeah, one of the longest serving guys, like from Team Canada and everything. I'm sure they'll bring that up at some point because of they've acknowledged the real relationship between Scott Demore and Josh Alexander, so they'll probably work. Yeah, uh, I Eric, think Young's real life relationship with him in there. We've got well. potential to make a really, really gripping story, like leading into the song very so much. Yeah. And that's something I think Impact did really well is tell is tell stories. And the idea of like will Eric Gunning walk in if it's a one on one match with Josh Alexander or will he be tempted to have VBD interfere on his on his behalf? Well if it's a twenty year anniversary there's a chance he might just Yeah. May just go alone. Mm-hmm. And then like talking about obviously everything that he'd he's done for Impact, he's done basically a little bit of everything. Like mm. legit he's actually won every title a man can win. And then he won a, a title a man probably wasn't meant to win when he won the Knockouts tag title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's pretty much done everything he can. Like won, eight, doing. won the eight titles with old Dirty Bitch. Yes. Right. And and that pretty much is what that ODB stands for, I'm pretty sure. Right. One, or at least it's one something, bitch. I don't know what the D is, exactly stands for Dirty but I old think it's... Dirty Bastard. <laughs> Basically. Anyway. But like I think as good as the ECU match was and as good a match this will be like we've still got a few weeks of impact to go and one thing I want to see them do sooner rather than later is start to tell actual stories with with Josh as the champion because you've you wrapped up the Moose story and everything and I think that's what affects some face champions and that you can tell great stories about them getting to the title and then they win the title and everyone's all happy. Yeah. And then they just say they give them great matches as champion, but they don't always tell Stories that are as compelling as the story that led them to getting the title, which I think is what let uh, Tom Eric Young, what let down Kurt Swan. Mm. It's the story of like Eric Young taking him out and gave him almost ending his career and everything going after his legitimately injured knee. Mm. And, and then the story of him trying to get back and you know convince him back to give him the shot to come back at Bound for Glory and everything. That was a all well and good. And he won the belt. And he was fairly pants as champion. He was, because once she got rid of the you know, the build-up to his story and everything, and nobody really cared. Because, like, you had him versus Sammy, where they'd already visited, but they basically just did a couple of wee segments here and there, and then the video package was made up of stuff that happened a year ago when they last feuded, nothing new was added, 
Then they did the stuff with Crispy, which while it was good, they just thought, oh, Crispy is good and we need uh, to fill this month's Impact special. Let's give uh, let's give Crispy a shot. And then, you know, pretty much as soon as Kenny came in, off to the side you go. You yeah, go, Rich. Yeah. Even though you're the champion. But Rich was, you know, Rich was just Rich, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was, he's a, he's a, He's a great wrestler, Rich, no yeah. doubt. Great wrestler, you know, good good company guy, but he's not really he's not really got mm-hmm. that Yeah. He's not got that champion's persona, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He right. can, he can be like he can be the hype guy or he can be an X Division guy or mm-hmm. a tag guy, but he's not the champ guy. I'm I'm fairly confident that, that George Walker found a slam wrestler with the table and I think it's after that I will start to see Steve Macklin get a proper push to take contention. Whether or not they'll be, they'd go the whole and give Macklin the belt so is another story. There's a question, and not I'm asking you putting any money on it, but are you, are you willing to make a sort of tentative bet on how long Josh may hold the title? I think they'd be willing to let him have it to like Bound for Glory. That's the earliest I can see him dropping that title. Bound for Glory? Yeah. Yeah, I tell I tell you who are really starting to come up in my appreciation now as well, and there's another, there's another bunch I never thought I would like. <laughs> the Good Brothers. Yeah, yeah. They're starting to come up, but do you know what the weird thing is? What I think has made me like them. Bullet Club. Bullet Club. That's what I've been saying as well because, like, before then they were doing the stuff with Kenny and then their own Tony Shots. I'm like, you're basically you're you're a knockoff version of a club you're already in, but you're not them. You're just we put we doing that shape. Then, as soon as they're welcomed back in by Jay White, they've been acting like legit back in 2015, 2016 peak Good Brothers Bullet Club. They used to be like, mm. hey, that's when these were good. So basically, do that again. Less of the dick jokes and all that oh, swinging the belt a bit. Like dick jokes and belt humping, you freaks. Be Bullet Club. And that's what they've done. And weirdly, like I said, so I'm kind of I'm kinda into them again. Cause even like, even their stupid engines are using isn't bugging me anymore. Because, like, there were points in that gauntlet match at uh, Rebellion, which we'll get to later on, where they acted heelish and everything. They're not exactly, you know, good guys, uh, Bullet Club. Oh, but, yeah. but then you act, see them interacting with Honor No More, and you're like, you're kind of rooting for them. Uh, exactly, that was it. I seen them against Honor No More, and I was like, I don't want them to lose to these couple of dicks. I know. I mean, Taven and Bennett, <laughs> I think they're assholes. <laughs> they're good in ring, but they're bell ends, mm-hmm. the two of them. So I, I'm sitting there, and I don't want fucking... Good brothers to lose to these cunts. And well, thankfully, I don't think they did. So. Like, like Jay White, again, had call and like, putting Taven's place on social media because also there was a. They put on social media a screenshot of him, of Taven and Jay White facing off. Mm. And they mentioned the fact that that G1 uh, Mass Square Garden show, Jay White lost the IWGP title that night in the main event, but Taven won the R Rates title, which a lot of people weren't happy with. But, like, and he said, oh, only one of us walked out of that of MSG's world champion, and he brought it. Yeah, and only one of us put that company out of business. <laughs> <laughs> but as we say, like so, the to see where who they go for, whether whether or not Maxwell will be like the very next challenger, will they save him, will they build him up a bit more? Because he's a guy I'd like to see get an actual feature spot at Slamversary. Because you know, you talk about Impact being a, a home for people who have been released, and it kind of has, but they've kind of done that themselves, where they've brought people in, but like. I think the difference between how Impact does it now and how TNA used to do it was basically they just they weren't they weren't picky about who they brought in because while they brought it for every Kurt Angle and Christian and mm. and Stings and all those guys 
feels like a fair bit of guys who didn't really add anything to the product. Like then Shark Boy. Well, no, I mean, as in people you brought in from WWE or WCW or like, had name value. Like Hogan. Like Hogan, yes. Hogan is, or Orlando Jordan for some reason. Or Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair in the end didn't bring anything. Uh, or yep. Mick Foley. Mm, yeah, Mick Foley definitely shouldn't have won your world fucking title, you daft bastards. No, he, he was barely able to walk at that point. This was three years before he was told by a doctor. Yes, we can't legally ensure you to ever wrestle again. You cannot wrestle again. Yeah, you're broken. <laughs> you are broken. We I don't want to play with you anymore. We can't, we can't put any more prit stick on your wounds, Mr. Foley. You can't wrestle anymore. <laughs> your brain is turned to pudding and your knees are made of not knees anymore. <laughs> He's been, you're basically the Black Knight at the stage. Like, All yes. right, I'll call it a draw. <laughs> All right. Hardcore match. <laughs> no, Mr. Foley. Name is hardcore nothing. Oh, I see. Running away. <laughs> look, look, there's, there's a book. You sit in the corner. Go, uh, go, go play with your Santa collectibles. I'm the hardcore legend. You're a loony. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with Impact since like 2020 or even a little bit before then, but they, yeah, they've like given, brought guys in who got like, oh, but like, these people who were like, oh, weren't letting go because they weren't good enough. They just never got their opportunity to Impact basically went, come over here. We'll give you, you know, the freedom to be you, like be a bit the best version of yourself you can be. And you've got Deanna Prazo, afterthought in NXT, top Fucking of the women's division, champion in mm. Impact. Forgotten son, it's probably forgotten son. Steve Martin was met when the SmackDown t- titles. One of his mates was a racist. Got taken off TV and shortly released. Comes in here, potential future world champion. And, yeah, and uh, but the good brothers for some of their faults. Fucking of- Rich Swan even. Swan. And, and after thought on the 205 Live and yeah. Cruiserweight Division, former Impact Champion, I think former X Division Champion. Fucking Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. Look at him, uh, NWA Champion, Digital Media Champion. ECW get... Champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting to defend the belt in the ECW against fucking Little Guido, formerly uh. Nunzio as well. Little Guido slash Nunzio will always be good in my mind is the best recipient of a Goldberg spear. In the 2004 Royal Rumble, that man nearly got speared out of his shoes. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of the best all-time spears Goldberg has ever done. And I'll debate against anything he did up here. The best thing Goldberg done spear-wise was against Nunzio in 2004. The best thing Goldust has ever done in his entire career, he hasn't done yet. Retire? Yeah. <laughs> The best thing he could, the best thing he could ever have done in his career is, you know, never stepped in a ring because he's the most incompetent piece of bald shit I've ever seen <laughs> in a ring. But that's just my opinion. But going back to something that happened uh, under siege, you had Moose coming out between like a again bring the fact I didn't get enough time to prepare for my match, you know. Well no having the main event I'm I'm hijacking the yeah. show. <laughs> Are you now? Are you? And oh, then are you now? <laughs> and then the lights go out, and the weird coding comes on the screen, and those like weird images of like people coming back, and then burning and everything. And then there's all like, oh, one one shit, and apparently it spells out this man's name in binary code. And Bender from Futurama came out. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start my own Impact Wrestling. Blackjack and hookers. Ah, forget the Impact. <laughs> I've seen that meme going out because AJ and Finn Balor were doing the two three on Raw and they went, I'll start my own bullet club. Bloodshack. Hookers. Yeah, I forget the whole thing. 
Anyway, so then it comes. That's in. what will happen when either Liv Morgan, Finn Balor, or AJ Styles <laughs> join the, the Judgment Day, which mm-hmm. is inevitably going to happen. Mm-hmm. But and and considering we have the current issues in Smart in WWE with Miss Naomi and Miss Banks, mm-hmm. what's to say that Liv doesn't join and the tag titles go to the Judgment Day? Who does? You know. Maybe turning heel and joining a heel faction could make Liv Morgan that thing she's not very at the moment. You know, competent. Anyway, that's not a slander beat for this show. This is an impact podcast. But, well, I'm but, sorry. This is the thing I, I knew you'd be excited to talk about. And I think we had a feeling a lot of people were excited who this was going to be. Then it comes up. S-A-M. Yeah. Uh, and when you've seen that, you're like... I'm sure as soon as the lights went out before that even happened, you had some people in your town. Sammy, Sammy. Yeah, people knew, people yeah, knew. Yeah, people aren't stupid. But and then Sammy comes out and they mentioned, even though I don't think it was Moose that did it, but it was while well, they were doing a weird program where he was helping Eddie against Marcy and Moose, he injured his leg. So basically, the story is now Moose broke his leg, Sammy's back for the bench. Mm. I had a good story, though. Yeah, and then that sets you up for Slamversary. And didn't I say to you, I thought, oh, I don't know if Rebellion's early enough for. Right, but maybe hopefully Sammy will be back for Slammiversary. And he's back for it. <laughs> and he is going to make Moose's existence a torrid, torrid thing. Yes. He's going to smack him with his <laughs> smacking stick. You mean his baseball bat? Smacking stick! <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure he popped up again in the Battle Royal when Moose was in like the final three or whatever. His, his binary code baton. <laughs> so there you go, you got so far, like, uh, at the time recording, we got. Young versus Alexander, we're probably going to get uh, Moose versus, uh, versus Sammy. Uh, we've got a big knockouts match announced. Uh, we're going to get to the and they've announced that there's going to be an Ultimate X match as well. There's going to be a well, a, a King of the Mountain match. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about the women's match. I, I, I was gonna, That's going to be a Queen of the Mountain. Yes, I was going to come to that because we're going to go into the women's division in a second. Yeah. It's all themed, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm excited as I you. know. I mean... The Queen of the Mountain match was convoluted enough as it is, so I'm wondering how they're going to frame this Queen of the Mountain match. And also, some bits pace in here, like they're going to have to probably start with the X Division because the trusses take time to put on yeah, there. Yeah. And so, in the middle of the car, they're probably going to put the women's one on. So, we need to see how they how they pull that off. But they do seem to be having a habit of giving us the anniversary of bringing back old TNA staples because they, uh, they did a Monsters Ball match the other week yeah. between Jonah and PCO, which. Well, well, I hear talk, and I don't know if it was you or Brian that was talking to me about this, but I hear talk there might be possibility that Six Side may come back too. Yeah, because I think they wanted to do a, a TNA branded one night only show because. I, I think what they're wanting, and I'm once again, I'm sort of cut in, but I think what they're wanting, I think we're sort of testing the waters, as it were. Hmm. You know, how many fans will we bring back if we bring back, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. A lot of people still call it TNA, whether by accident or because they can't be arsed about it. Or because they're trying to be funny bastards. But like, uh, WrestleMania weekend 2020, they were going to do a show, TNA, there's no place like home, and they were bringing back some people who were in TNA. I'm pretty sure Scott Steiner was meant to be on that show as well. God, he's no. Uh, and uh, apparently they were going to do a King of the Mountain match on that show, and that's how Miss would have gotten hold of the... Uh, the TNA belt that he carried around for ages, mm. which is which, which came from Miss himself in an interview, but then they didn't get to do it. So maybe this is the idea, like we wanted to do that because I think they've announced that 
after Slamversary on like the start of July, the next Impact Plus place is apparently going to be against all odds. Mm-hmm. And so maybe between they're going to find a way, like, let's do this fun one-off special between Slamversary and Bound for Glory, because, you know, like, uh, that knockout's not down. A lot of it didn't overall impact what happened at Bound for Glory, but it was very close to Bound for Glory. It was still a fun night of wrestling, so similar idea with this one-night-only mm-hmm. show. And again, they could bring some legends back. Again, six seeds for one-night-only. I don't know how how true this is, so take this with a pinch of salt here, but the rumours were that they wanted either both or at least one of these guys to come in, maybe just to be the ones that announced it and just be there to pop the crowd, but they mm-hmm. wanted either Samoa Joe and or Kurt Angle to make appearances. Like Angle's obviously doing his own thing, he's doing, he's doing a podcast, now he's basically free to do what he wants. And, uh, Samoa Joe's contracted to a DW and he's currently Ring of Honor TV champion, even though Ring of Honor haven't done aren't don't have any shows planned as of yet. But uh, they're both free basically coming if they were able to negotiate because obviously Impact and AEW have the relationship and you've had some Impact guys pop up on AEW recently. So like, like okay, we gave you these guys. Let's have Joe for one night. Just to, he doesn't even need to wrestle. Let's just have him talk for a bit. Mm. Just going to Tony Khan. Oh, Tony, go on, go on, go on. Come on, Tony, there's no way you can fuck over Impact this time. Just let us borrow some guys for a night and then take them back and fuck off. So, yeah. You skeevy, conniving little prick. So, yeah. Who knows if they're actually going to show up, if that's even true. Because you know how these things pop up. Sometimes stuff cuts up and there's no actual validity or fact behind it, but people believe it anyway. But yeah. Talking of Impact and, and AEW, yeah. I think some people took this, had a bit of a, I think some people had the, the wrong reaction to this. I mean, they got a bit too gung-ho and about it, thinking, oh, fuck off, you, fuck off AEW. Because, <laughs> like, you had an episode of AEW where Morrissey showed up yeah. and Diona showed up because Diona did a, a unification match with uh, Mercedes Martinez. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it was great. I've been meaning to watch it. Uh, where Ziona lost, which means that Mercedes is the undisputed Ring of Honor Women's Champion uh, because of the whole thing of the interim champion. And then Morrissey came in, he was in Keefe, paid six figures by NGA to take out his former bodyguard Wardlow mm-hmm. and our whole storyline has been going over the last few weeks of so basically I'm trying to bring in big guys to take him out because technically Wardlow's under his contract so basically and Wardlow wants to break away from NGF. He's like, no, you work for me so I'm going to put you to work and he's trying to get these guys to take him out, but none of them can do it. Mm. And I've seen a couple of spots from it and everything, and Jim Ross was bigging up, bigging up Morrissey's background and athletics and everything, how big he was. So, yeah. And then Morrissey got beat because uh, Warrior Roll is like, even though he's shorter than uh, Morrissey. Morrissey, he's still a powerful guy, and his whole thing is like a series of power bonds he's a finisher. So seeing him actually do that to, to Morrissey looked fairly impressive <laughs> and everything, but like, even though these were clear one-offs, uh, like people and impact on uh, groups were all like, "Oh fuck EW, how could they do this to to Diana?" And I'm like, like fucking calm down yeah, a second, calm a bit, like settle down. Look at the whole picture I mean, here. For one, that has nothing to do with your company nor your character's impression in that company. It's yeah. just that character doing a job in another company. Yeah, like chill out. So not we're not we're not being. They're not being buried, they're not being stolen, they're not being underutilised, they're being picked up because they are good to be used in a story because they are good. Yeah, like, 
Morsley going in and being Warlow wouldn't really make sense unless they had a, a plan for whatever story is they're telling with MJF yeah. for Warlow. But so unless like, they were planning on keeping Morrissey mm-hmm. for any more than an evening, then yeah. he was going to lose. Yeah, then him coming in for one and beating an AEW guy wouldn't make sense, especially given that they're, they want Warlow to be one of their homegrown guys. So obviously, yeah. the whole plan is MJF keeps having these schemes to take out Warlow, and they keep failing. So, because fuck MJF, because he's a heel and everything. And then Deonna come in. I even said before the match didn't happen, I thought I think the best thing could happen for Deonna in that match was that she could lose because the main reason that Mercedes won the interim belt is because she's under contract with AEW. And a lot of people who are working or have championships from Ring of Honor right now are all signed to Tony Khan and AEW in some way because Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor as well as AEW. So in a way, Ring of Honor is a subsidiary now of AEW. So if you're working on a more regular full-time based Ring of Honor, there's a chance you're signed to AEW you might appear on both shows. Mm. So if Deonna won the Ring of Honor title, there's a chance that they might that might have meant that they were trying interested in signing her, which means she would have left Impact, which would have been a bad thing for their women's division. But the fact that she lost means that she's clearly committed to staying with Impact and wants to for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so it makes sense contractually like for uh, for Tony Candy, you know, have all the Ring of Honor belts on people who are under contract with him so that also there's no you know, back in the nineties, they avoid the things that used to happen back in the nineties. So, so and so is or no one longer to contract. They've still got that belt. Need to get that belt off them. Mm. So business wise, it makes sense. And hey, Donna only went for one match, but she got to do a thing that a lot of women get to do in AEW. Main event, an episode of Dynamite. <laughs> so she's already done better than most. Yeah, would she have got that if she was still languishing in NXT? No, she would not. No. So there you go. And talking other ones, I think it also. Speaks to the story they're telling with Deonna because she lost the AAA belt to Taya. She lost the ROH belt. She's champ, champ, no more and everything. She's still, but now she's still in the, about the, the title scene because yeah. she's going to be in the Queen of the Mountain match. But you know she's not been going after the knockout spell itself since Hard to Kill. Uh, she still felt like a prominent presence and a champion because she's got the two other women's belts that she's been defending regularly. Mm. And now she can now go back into the knockout title scene, make it feel fresh or... Even you could then try having Hard be in a story that doesn't revolve around this year because that's the thing in the past we've said about Impact. They can tell multiple different stories with the women involved on their roster, even though they've got one of the smaller rosters. Hell, I've had numerous people out there, both casual and full time observers of Impact, saying that Impact, in their opinion, has the best women's division going. Mm-hmm. And I be- and I am in staunch agreement. Yep, I would agree also on that one. <laughs> Because it's not just the fact that it's like, mm. yeah, it may be a little smaller than some, not the dubs. The dub has a very shit women's division, if you ask me, just the way it's laid out. The dub for being such a bigger company, look at across their two main brands, like, the still minds have a division, still feels very paper thin uh, across both shows. But and, then, and then NXT's not much better in terms of volume. It's not, but I mean, if you look at AEW, you've got ones that are underutilised or badly put forward as well. Impact, for what it has, seems to do do right by its women. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, look at who they've got, right? They've got, they've got Jordan, they've got Deonna, they've got Taya, they've got Tasha, they've got fucking Havoc, Rosemary, mm-hmm. again, Madison, Tennille. Mm-hmm. Giselle, Lady Giselle, Frost. Uh, Lady Frost. Lady Frost. Masha Slamovich. Yeah, she's not got a lot. I think she's just popping up very briefly every so often. Like, you know, uh, what, are, what are they doing with her? 
Well, I, I, if you, if you're interested in a small spoiler, well, I, I've watched this past week's Impact. Mm -hmm. She did what Smart Masha Slamovich usually does. <laughs> A four-second match against nobody, beat the piss out of her. I mean, I go enjoy a squash match as much as the next person, but it's been going on for well, a while now. After her match, mm -hmm. the lights went out, and the decay music came on. Ooh. And who came out and faced her up? But Havoc came out and faced up Masha Slamovich, and Masha Slamovich faced her up too, and was like, "Cut my head, cut my head, then, bitch! I'll fucking slap a taste at you." Mm -hmm. So it looks like. Masha Slamovich is finally getting her first legit, you know, story coming up now. Yeah. She's going to, looks like Havoc's wanting to take a go at her. Interesting. So that could be pretty sweet. Uh, that would be pretty sweet, yeah. And, you know, now they've got Mia Yim coming in. Uh, well, yeah, the wife, of, the wife of, uh, of Keith Lee. She was on uh, NXT for a long time. And she, she was part of Retribution as well. Yeah. Weirdly, Deonna's now facing, and so was Mercedes briefly, but then she basically managed to wangle her way out of the story because she didn't like it and go back to NXT for a bit. Yeah. So now Deonna's been, in the space of a month, has been squaring up to both members, both female members of Bloody Retribution. How's that? <laughs> but like, she was actually in Impact in the mid 2010s as Jade and had a brief run as Knockouts Champion, so there's a bit of history to, to that. And a lot of people, when, when they left, yeah. Yeah. a lot of people when she left actually were saying, like, I think it would make more sense if she went to Impact and here she is. They had to alter her, her nickname. They called her the head baddie or whatever in charge because I think baddie has some sort of other slang meaning or yeah. whatever. Uh, and and for people who are cooler than me, I'm too white to know what that's about. <laughs> but but, now, but then they managed to, but now when she's an impact, they're able to call her, used to be for what it's actually called, it's a head bitch in charge or something uh, like that. head bitch. And she came out, basically confronted Deonna around after, under siege after the rematch with Taya. So... Again, a fresh food doesn't have to be for the title. No, it can just be cool. Hell, you've got as long to... as it's a good enough told story. Hell, you've got stories where it's men and women interact together. When you've got the whole Morrissey and Grace against uh, Cardona, Chelsea and, and Myers kind of story. Yeah, and Morris, Morrissey has killed Myers. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Just so much that he's not even there now. Yeah, you got... Uh, you got Morrissey and, and Jordan Grace referring to themselves, at least Jordan's referring to them as Will and Grace yeah. as a tag team name. I must say, well, I'm quite disappointed by that, if it is, an, if it is indeed how it is going. Mm. Well, the fact that they just, you know, Mar Mark Cardona and Mar uh, Brian Myers just formed that tag team, mm -hmm. and then no Myers. I don't know where it is. Who the fuck? You know, they just come out, they form a team, they have a logo. I don't know, maybe they've written him off for a little bit, maybe he's coming back, I don't know what's I happening. Hope he's coming back because he is the most professional. Mm -hmm. I think they did a thing on, online that, you know, new classes are starting up with his, with his training school, like new, like they're taking new entries, so maybe he's going away to do that. Oh, he's going to do some training school work. Maybe, I'm just speculating to be honest Thank with you. Thank you for speculating, Scott, it really does help. Yeah. I'm just saying that he, he does other things outside of the wrestling. Oh, he's not allowed to. <laughs> he's showing other people how to be most professional and taking them under his well, learning he's tree. He's not supposed to take people under his learning tree. Maybe, his tree has fallen down. Maybe he's going to go find Sam Beal while he's away. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. <laughs> I'll never get over that, you know. Oh, leave the memories alone. <laughs> Just sit there one day drunk in the podcast. Just let it go. He's no coming back. <laughs> 
Oh, good. Yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> I was maybe talking a bit Sam, tight. Sam, where'd you go? How will you know in the gauntlet match? <laughs> Where's my Bruno? You could have helped Ziggy push that wee trolley with the ropes on it. <laughs> we were maybe talking about fucking Diana Vitaya. <laughs> Which was a good match. I don't know what else you can say. I think they've pretty much, you know, exercised the, the demons of their, their previous Hard to Kill match from think, a couple of years ago. I think ago. so, I, but I think, I think Taya needs to shake off a bit of ring rush. She's slim and slow. I thought they were pretty solid. No, they matches. were pretty solid. Just Taya seemed a little yeah. slower when yeah. she had them. Yeah. I think she's only had a couple of matches before she she came back. I think she she was wrestling in, in Triple A and everything like. And Joanna actually went down there. They've wrestled like on the opposite ends of a couple of tag matches recently over. Yeah, yeah, which has been interesting. And I haven't watched them because you know there's already too much wrestling to watch without me. I mean, check out bloody Triple A or <laughs> even know where to begin to find a link to watch Triple A. Yeah. Uh, so that is, but like, my brother made an interesting point. He, on one of the ASR podcasts, because I've told you, my brother's been getting more and more into impact recently. And he even thought about how much he enjoyed the Taya Diona stuff, but, uh, but then also the, how, intrigued, uh, is, how intriguing it is with me and him coming in. But he also said, like, Almost inadvertently, they told such a good story over the Reign of Duranus belt and everything mm. that they've almost pushed uh, the knock the actual knockouts tail to the background for a brief bit. Kinda, kinda. I get, I kinda get them on that one. Because you know the Rosemary and then Havoc and, and Tasha stuff was was okay, but the Havoc one particularly felt very full. I was not a fan of the Havoc match. It was just no, that was shocking. I will, I will agree on that one. Like, even though. I'm psyched that Tasha is a champ, right? I think she's a good champion. Yeah. But the problem you have a lot of the time is it's not very good having a good champion that has no competition. Yeah. You know, and she needs a legit challenge. They need to find some way to, mm-hmm. like, because I've got some solid women in that company. And in that statement, there is no place for Alicia Edwards. <laughs> She is not classed in my books as a solid woman. She's classed as a stick that people hang their jackets on. She's like me, like you know, American. Else, she's not wrestling. Like she's not really doing in ring stuff anymore. She's more behind the scenes. Who's that? Maria Canellas or uh, Mike Bennett? Oh, Maria Canellas. I I never really did think she was an in ring type. Well, I thought she was always kind of like a valley chick. Yeah, she she did a bit of both with with Mike Bennett outside of WWE and everything, but like. I think it would, it would serve them more better to bring some people in from Warner No More, uh, with like some women from Ring of Honor who competed in Ring of Honor recently who haven't yet been signed up anywhere. Potentially well, like, add some female members like of Warner No More. I, I don't know many example. many of the women in that division, but I'm sure there are some out there. Cause I think one or two of them popped up for the for the champ champ challenge once or twice. You so, know what we could do. Hmm. We could send our feels out and try and coax some of the dubs women that get used and treated like idiots to the fucking impact zone. Well, they've had a, a spare release of the NXT, so the, the their non competes only thirty days. I don't, and I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean Snoop's cousin or <laughs> Jay's wife. Mm. Is it Jay's wife or yeah. Jimmy's wife? Jay, I'm gonna say. Right. Well, I don't mean Snoop's cousin or Jimmy's wife or Jay's wife. <laughs> I think it's Jay. I think. 
Because how quickly did we turn on them? Was it like, oh no, it was them. They didn't want to do the thing that we asked them well, to do. Do you know what I thought about that? And since we ramble, I will ramble a little bit less, right? I thought about lending it to that whole situation. And do you know, I can see... I can see rights on both sides. Yeah. Because, I, it's fair enough we were unhappy about how we were seen or how their titles were being perceived in the company. I get that, right? But... If you are, or if you claim to be, and this is probably a, a fault of the WWE fucking E for, mm-hmm. you know, sports entertainment and not seeing their fucking wrestlers as wrestlers. Mm-hmm. If you are a true professional wrestler, when you are professional, you take the hits. You know, you don't like your position, you roll with it, you take it, it gets better. I think the whole the idea was like, oh, we don't have... Like oh, we want to have a match against these two who aren't getting uh, much, uh, who aren't getting much TV time. Uh, Hell in a Cell will get a match on pay for a title. They was like, no, the only way you're gonna win this six woman challenge. Then you're gonna lose to Bianca for the Raw Women's again in a Raw Women's Cell match at Hell in a Cell. Dasha, we're gonna take your SmackDown for actually another Raw Jones SmackDown. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who's on which show, but yeah, Sasha, we're gonna find a way for you to challenge Ronda at Hell in a Cell, so, and, and you're gonna get beat. Basically, like we're gonna take our two women's tie champs. And throw them to uh, our two singles champions to get beat. But we're going. To, but also, you could look at it. We're going to take our two women's tag champs and put them in main event title matches on a on a pay per view show. But then again, like you're then saying, like, oh yeah, you're good as a tag team. But hey, here's our two tag champs. They can't hang. They can't win these singles titles. So they can't be like our two singles belts. They're the main belts. Don't don't worry about these tag belts. The the champs can't win anything on their own. Fair enough, but we should have been professional about it. We should have said, right, well, we don't like this fucking situation, but this is what our job entails, mm-hmm. so we will do our fucking job. Who knows? I mean, wrestling's had a history of like people walking out and things. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was Corey Graves on, live on Raw, they acknowledged it on Raw. Like, Corey Graves basically blatantly down the camera, called them unprofessional, and then Mark Henry came out on that bus open radio and basically went, hey, I think it's Jay who's Naomi's wife. It was uh, Naomi's husband who went, who went, who went, Jay should have went up to him and fucking scalped him for that. Yeah. And then so many people put uh, memes of like the Chris Rock and Will Smith incident, but put like uh, Chris Rock is Corey Graves and Jay so is Will Smith. Uh, so I think it was funny. And then so they said they announced on SmackDown that the titles were being vacated and everybody points out, you look as Michael Cole's talking, it's like, oh, they let us all down. You can see Pat McAfee's just kind of shifting his chair like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. So I'm kind of on their side a wee bit. <laughs> Pat McAfee's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, see, you can see him. He's not even looking down like the camera. He's kind of just leaning back at one point and then leaning forward. Like, yeah, so he's not, he's not doing the commentary thing. Aye, what he said. He's kind of like, I don't know what to do with my hands here. No, I'm a bit... I don't agree with Michael's saying, but the boss man's telling to say it. Just smile and nod, smile and nod. Slam see his thing, then we can carry on. But yeah. Uh, impact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can't exactly say anything about the women's tie division there because really right now nothing's really going on in the yeah, you've, tie division. You've got right in- inspiration. We've left. Oh, is that the one? And Iconics, Lynn. Iconics. Uh, no, the really close influence. Too many I- women's teams would be into that. Right. Well, and- they were the inspiration in the dub, right? So the inspiration here, they were Iconics in the dub. Right, right. The influence uh, to Neil and Madison. Madison. That are the tag right, so the influence of the tag champs, so the only real possible challenge they've got are Decay, which would be... Or have we beat Decay yet? No, they didn't beat Decay. So they, 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 could, they could fight Decay, and then they still show as Rambo's <coughs> compared with Alicia Edwards for no real reason whatsoever. 
She needs something to lean her jacket on. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, there's nothing really going on right now, which is she, which is she needs a small, annoying, yipping puppy to carry her shoes. Maybe Chelsea Green can find somebody to to be a partner with, you know. But, God, she's, a, she's just as annoying as Alicia Edwards. I think it's an insult to Chelsea Green. I take Chelsea Green over the Alicia Edwards yeah, idea. It's not, yeah, but it's she's not much annoying. of a contest, but still. But, you know, you've also got Tasha and Savannah. Yeah, I'm saying like they could they could go back over for those belts. Maybe Diana could be like, or reluctantly going like, hmm, I don't usually like sharing the spotlight, but I want a belt, so give me. I want to go after those tag belts. Hell, give make Masha Slamovich a big heel enforcer. Give her team her with Diana. Have her watch Diana's back and give let Diana and Masha go after the tag belts. That'd be kind of cool. You know the powerhouse and the technical wrestler. There's a good team for. That'd be you. cool. That'd be very cool. I like your thinking there, Scott. Yeah. Have a lollipop. That's not a lollipop. <laughs> Have a cherry menthol, sweetie. What am I, 90 years old? Yes. But then, as we might be hinted to, or Paul just came out and least said, yeah, there's a Queen of the Mountain match happening at Slammiversary. It's going to be Tasha against Chelsea against Jordan, Diona. I was sure at some point they announced Taya for this, but apparently not. No, they and, didn't announce Taya. And the last woman being Mia Yim. Well, you had, you had Gil Kim coming out and announcing it, and it should be fun. I think, you know, we got the whole point of this was they wanted former Knockouts champions to be in contention. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea was a Knockouts champion as Laurel Van Ness, but this was a during a dark period. So literally, they go, she goes to the, a tape, she writes a tape and she's like, I want my release. Oh, well, we were planning on giving you the Knockouts title tonight. So she does a block set, a couple of days of tapings where she wins it, wins it and loses it across this block, but... The way the TV was, she was like, knock it, Shabby, for a couple of months. <laughs> but then she was like, I want to leave, please. <laughs> I don't like working here anymore. I'd like to go somewhere else. <laughs> and then she came crawling back. Well, then she went to NXT <laughs> and that's how she met Matt Cardona, so, you know. Oh, well. Small victories. There they are. Uh, so, anything else from the knockouts division? I think we covered it, obviously. Okay. Taya's looking good. Hopefully. I mean, I know she, the whole feud was about the Arena Duranas belt and everything, but hopefully this means... I don't know if there's been any news about our contract status of impact, but hopefully she's she's back on a more full-time basis. Yeah, she's, hopefully she's locked in. I'm sure she'll be going back and forth between this and AAA. So, but given impact schedule, taping-wise, they allow their guys to do a lot of other things. Yeah, and no one watches AAA anyway. I mean, I don't, but again, I wouldn't know where to find it. Exactly, no one watches that. Uh, That's why she's came back to Impact because no one watches that crap. In- inspiration, apparently, the whole thing was that both of them have basically said, like, well, we're, we're, we're happy with our time in Impact, but we've both decided we want to try some stuff outside of wrestling, like other like, opportunities, i.e., they probably want to go into acting. So they both basically just left wrestling all together. <laughs> Aye. All right, then. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just. That's what they want to do. How much acting do you think they're going to do with the clothing on? You can't say that. Yes, I just did. I'm just saying it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Well, they're not like... They could barely fucking act their impact. I'm not saying they're going to be successful at it, I'm just saying. In any Instagram or online photograph we've got out there, they're basically wearing nothing anyway. Anyway, I'm just regurgitating what I heard. Well, I'm regurgitating. I'm regurgitating my opinion on it. Anyway, what else was I gonna say? I, oh, I did like going back to. Let's go back to Taya for a second, shall we? Yes. 
she took some uh, non-veiled, non-veiled shots at the dub, I think, in her promo when I she won the so. team. If you don't, if you didn't catch this, you basically thought about how spent a year having your creativity held captive and everything. Mm. Trent coming back to know her worse than no figure out who the fuck she is. Well, she's definitely no fucking Frankie Monet anyway. <laughs> Sake. I mean, what were you thinking, Hen? Come on. Probably thought she wouldn't get fucked around as she was. You thought, ah, husband currently works here. I'll I'll go through NXT. They'll probably be taken seriously. Me and Johnny can be on the main roster together. I didn't think that Nick Cannon would basically go, both of you's bugger off. Like, Taya, for whatever reason, we think you're too old now. Like, because we don't hire women in their 30s or whatever. Mm. Even though she's a fucking powerhouse. I know. Fucking. Okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll not get to talk about it anymore because it'll annoy me. But let's talk about Ace Austin. I've, I've put the X Division segment. Yeah. I put the X Division segment here, but it's pretty much all about Ace Austin, really. Yeah, yeah. You look at it. That's a good thing. We can always talk about Ace. So Ace won the title uh, back at the Triple Threat uh, Rebellion. Yeah, I liked how they kind of they almost played their hand before Rebellion, where they were doing all. Oh, Ace is clearly trying to you know get Mike Bailey inside before he screws him over, but Mike Bailey and the Impact before Rebellion was like, I know what you're up to. Scoosh, kicked him right in the fucking heat and like, <laughs> I'll be we coming for you to the Triple Threat and all. And so basically, then it became the two faces. Pretty much ganging up on Ace, yeah. trying to get him, and then uh, Mike Bailey didn't get pinned in that match. So I'm assuming at some point down the line they're going to want to do a thing again with Ace and Ace and Bailey. But now for this period, it was basically Ace and uh, Trey Miguel, where Trey took the fall in the in in the match at Rebellion, and and, then held, and held on to his record of never having beaten or pinned Trey in a match for the X Division title. Beating Ace, you mean? Uh-huh. Because yeah, like their whole thing about like you can't beat Ace Austin and that then carried into the under siege match, so that was a big story and everything. And they were talking about I do like that well, but it's not it's not something I'd thought about or even remembered them ever mentioning. But it was an HB thing because like you could see there was a lot of false finishes and you could continuously see Trey every time Austin kicked to like oh fuck I want to try something else oh fuck that didn't work and then <laughs> and then Ace is basically showing you like oh look. Let's, let's move the fold. Would you think we take more step? No, I can hit it from this angle. I can hit it from this place and this place. <laughs> and also, I'll never be not impressed with the way he does that, like the handstand on the apron mm. and then flips over into the kick. And then you had Trey trying to like, sweep his arm underneath, but he's like, nope, and he flips over. Yep. Like, there's just too many highlights in, the, in his matches to really. And even in, even then, he managed to squeeze in a wee uh, title defence against Rocky Romero as well. On you can, you can basically sum up all those descriptions of Ace Austin's matches by just going. Ace. 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 He's pure brilliant, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting. Aye. Brilliant. Just, aye. Aye. Hands where I can see them, Paul. <laughs> I know you're a fan of Ace Austin, but, you know. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. That's not... No, no, I can't say that. I was going to say something, but no, I'm not going to say it. Especially those camera close-ups when he's getting in the ring. It's all good. <laughs> I was gonna say he. I'll say it anyway. This is that like when he say this thing where he's like walking stick pops. They're like bolt on by yourself. That's not a stick that's popping out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not a stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's not a television. No. <laughs> they're up there waving their spears. Wait a minute, there's Anne Spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> so then he got the match against uh, Rocky Mero and Impact again. So uh, after Under so, Siege. Sorry, I cut out again, but you know, every time Rocky Romero comes out, I always ask the same question. Tony Brown, I go, who's that cunt again? <laughs> I always forget who he is. But he. He's never led enough or interested enough. Oh, he's that wee guy with a sparkly eye patch on. <laughs> Alright, cool, aye, him. You think he's going to win one this time? Nah, oh yeah. well. So, yeah, he's won that one, and then there were teases after Rebellion, like, oh, is he going to be in the best? Like, even New Japan foreshadowing it with their globals working, basically retweeting a thing Ace had said, saying it's inevitable that we see Ace Austin in the best of the Super Juniors, and then they announce the lineup, and mm-hmm. there he is. He was in the he's in the A block. He, fortunately, we'll not see him versus ELP because ELP is in the B block. There's two separate wow. you know, blocks. But you know, so far, time recording, he's had like two matches. He's gonna have his third and a and a, I think no, his third one's already happened. I haven't had a chance yet. Where he's fighting tournament favorite, one of the main guys in the division, uh, wrestling name known as Hiromu Takahashi. I've not seen the match yet, but you know, I imagine it'll be a solid one because Ace at the. At, before having watched that one, going into that match with Hiromu, he's currently 2-0 in his best Super Junior matches. The way the, way the block kind of way, way works is basically everybody faces each other once. It's a whole, you get two points if you win a match. If it goes to the 30-minute draw, you get one point. You get nothing if you lose. And currently Ace has won two matches. He's going to his third. I haven't watched the third one, so I don't know what time we're going if he's won it yet. But He'll have won it. So far, so, so, far, so, so far, he's on like four points. And then there are some nights where, like, it's an A block night, but then in the undercard they have a couple of preview tag matches for matches that are going to happen on the next night in B block, and then same. And really, in some of these preview tag matches, uh, we've seen Ace actually in tag match, especially one he had the other week, because he was going to, he was previewing a match with a wrestler who's a heel called Kanemaru the next night. Uh, Ace was seemingly wrestling like a baby face in a tag match, which was. It's a unique experience because the mm. Ace is like the defense, not like a plucky face, but like a kind of a very cocky Shawn Michaels as baby face. You know, uh-huh. I think I think you know a lot of wrestlers get basically given got given that Shawn Michaels comparison. Some couldn't live up to it. Some didn't really suit it. But Ace is somebody I think actually suits the whole Shawn yeah. Michaels thing. And it's, I don't, it's inevitable he would. <laughs> and then and I don't even think he. Uh, and I doubt he's as much of a prick in real life as Shawn used to be. Don't think so, no. No, he seems like a lovely boy. He would be awesome to meet. Yes, I'm sure he would. I'd love to meet Ace and go, yeah, man. Only a true cool guy like him could rock actually having purple hair in his day-to-day life. I could do it. Yeah. Damn it. (laughs) Not the way Ace Austin can, though. Well, no, not I wouldn't have my hair the way Austin has it. Because that wouldn't suit me. (laughs) No. Anyway, Ace is currently undefeated and he's super junior. He's not going to win, but no, he's. You know. Because he's not a New Japan guy, but he'll get. But as, an, as the ex division champion, I'm sure he won't take too many losses because, you know, so he needs to stay somewhat protected, but he'll, he'll lose enough that he doesn't get to the final, but he'll win enough to have a strong showing. Yes, first, yes, he will. Because he never competed in Japan like before, so his first big Japan tour, he's in the super juniors, which. I'm sure it's a big deal for him. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, f- former Impact guy and former X-Wing Chairman TJP is also in the term, but he's in the B-Block as, as well. Uh-huh. He's wrestling under, uh, wrestling as part of a faction called the United Empire. Mm. Uh, and then he's 
in the corner of another guy who's in the Empire. We've seen once before. Life is pretty cool. He's in the A block called Francisco Akira. He's an Italian. He's an he's an Italian wrestler. So he has this weird thing called the. He's doing it's a fireball, and he's got a move called speed fire, which is weird. Weird kind of spin network into a car kind of move. Mm. It does so. I'm looking forward to it when inevitably, you know, part pun yeah. intended, where he faces Ace Austin, given they're both in the same block. That'd be cool. It'd be pretty cool to see them two go at it. Uh, so yeah, so far so good for Ace. And they uh, they did the I showed you those images of like the uh, the press conference. They did they do for the studios, and there was a thing critiquing everybody's outfits, and yeah, Ace coming out red. Kind of straight pants. Yes, Shawn Michaels. Yes, he's he's classic little heart like shades. Mm. He's got his cane. He's got a little jacket, no shirt underneath it. <laughs> and he he's sitting he's sitting behind on one of the seats behind the podium. So every so often when someone's done, is you see Ace making faces. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's like twenty five. That's San Francisco Kia is like twenty two, and he mentions I'm only twenty two years old. And you see Ace going behind him. <laughs> He's like, huh? Oh. Basically, our face says, huh? I'm the only youngest around here. All right then. Yeah, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> but hey, fuck you. So yeah, we you you've been saying for a while that like you felt like Ace was kind of I don't want to say underused, but like the whole inevitable thing was kind of losing some of its luster because it was because he wasn't really doing anything. And he's been also talking about how oh I won the bell, <laughs> I retained it on my own, and. I'm, Got this thing with two years on my own. So basically, are they saying that this thing with Fulton's done now? Because you can only hope. Because Fulton, now remember, he, he stopped Alexander from committing murder, basically. That he got he got upset about it. He beat Fulton in a match, and has Fulton been seen since? No. no. Where has he gone? Has he gone to find Sam Beale as well? They both disappeared into the same void. No. <laughs> Don't say things like that. Sam will come back, and bloody Fulton will come back. And everything will be fine. It'll sure. be fine. Sure, sure. Everything sure. will be fine. Sure, yeah, I'm sure it will. Sam will, Sam will come back. Fulton will come back, and they'll both be, come back on the shoulders of Ken Shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> anyway, and they'll uh, all come back and beat up Ziggy Dice for being a tit. So. Yeah, he's also proudly flying the flag for uh, for Impact in, in Japan, which is pretty cool. But you know, I'll be interested to see who have who he does lose to, because then that can open the door for someone someone from that block to then come over to, mm. to Impact to come have a match here. Because we're also doing a, like I said, an Ultimate Egg. I think Kenny King is qualified so far. I seen there was a match recently with uh, Mike Bailey and, and Laredo Kid. I don't know who won it. Uh, so they're doing. I think because like also like, Ace given the time and couldn't be at these next two night of tapings, so I I would have known because I was watching that very match, but I didn't care enough to pay attention, <laughs> so I don't know who won. Yeah, but basically those two next to tapings Ace couldn't attend because of the Super Juniors, so it's a good way to kind of keep it and the title in mind by having these qualifiers yeah. across the two nights. Like have they been Laredo Kid and somebody else? <laughs> I may have paid attention, but. I can give two fucks what Mike Bennett does. Bailey. Well, whatever his name is. Bennett's the one in honour no more. Bailey's the, the one you call his trade as a Kendall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I still didn't really care. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, uh, Bailey, Bennett, shit, shit. Bailey, he got randomly thrown into a, a match. There was maybe a one-on-one between Laredo King and Rich Swan on the, uh, the kickoff for Under Siege. 
Because he was meant to fight Alex Shelley on that show, and Shelley, like a silly bastard, double booked himself. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't at the show. So there you go. Also, I mentioned this to you kind of off air, but like a lot of people are happy to see Ace and the uh, and the and the Super Junior like a lot of Impact fans are happy to see. So like, so I said to you like some weird double standard. Like you can't be happy for Ace going for a full month over mm. to Japan with the X Vision belt and having and be annoyed that for one night Morrissey and Dylan didn't win in in AEW. It's clearly a thing where like guys, people who follow Impact are like, oh, I don't like AEW, but oh, Japan. Yeah. So basically, it's a preference thing. Like, you can't, you can't no, have it both you ways. Can't, you can't have your, you can't have your fucking, you can't have it all your own way. Aye, basically. I think because if they go over, if someone goes over to Japan, it's more like they're just nipping over for a bit. Whereas if someone appears in like even for one of them, the instant thought is, oh, EW are going to try and steal them away. Well, that is a worry. Well, yeah, but it isn't always the exact case. I mean, again, it wouldn't. Whole like the Forbidden still includes impact, even though some people might not think it does. Some people don't want to think it does, but it does. But anyway, let's go into the last little bit here of the tag team division. Let's talk about the wee thing about uh, Honor No More in the Bullet Club. Cause, uh, let's do it. Uh, Bullet Club did pop up in, in Japan again recently with uh, you know, Tama Tonga. You know, him and, yeah. uh, they, they might have got kicked out No Surrender. Tama beat Evil, a member of uh, a member of Bullet Club for the Never Openweight belt, but then got immediately got attacked by Anderson and, uh, and Gills who was the first time appearing in Japan since they initially left, mm. well, in New Japan that is, and uh, even though the crowd aren't allowed to make noise, occasionally something shocking happens that does make them briefly go, ooh, and this is one of the moments where there was a big audible gasp of people like, oh my god, the Good Brothers are, yeah. are here. And like they looked like proper, like the old, old school Bullet Club uh, Good Brothers, which is why I think people are getting behind them again, and Carl uh, said, like, the fucking machine gun is back, and his old machine gun music played in the arena. Mm. And then... Uh, so later in June uh, at Dominion, their big summer show, uh, Anderson's going to fight Tamatonga for that belt. And Jay oh. made his first appearance in over a year in Japan. He said to Okada, like, at Dominion, you and me, I want the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Which meant, so Jay could walk into that show later this month, later in June, that Forbidden Door, pay-per-view between in Japan. He could walk into that show as IWGP World Heavyweight oh. Champion. That'd be cool. So basically, GY has been said on now, and be like, no, I'm still saying New Japan, but like, I can appear in Impact, I can appear in AEW. Basically, Wolf and Kiku Van, we like, GY goes wherever the fuck he wants to go. <laughs> that's, that's the way of the switchblade. <laughs> so yeah, June's looking stick, because uh, the third of June is the Super Juniors finals, then the fourth is an NXT show, fifth is Hell in a Cell, June 12th, Dominion for New Japan, June 19th. Is uh, it's anniversary, mm-hmm. and then June twenty sixth, the following weekend, as the uh, Forbidden Door pay per view. Then I believe the following weekend, like the second first weekend of July, is WWE Money in the Bank. Oh, right. yeah. So the next one, the next one on the WWE coming up is like Hell in a Cell, isn't it? Yeah, Hell in a Cell, and then they got three big stadium shows. We got they're going to uh, Allegiant Stadium where they had SummerSlam last year for Money in the Bank. In the July, they're going to a big stadium in Nashville for. For SummerSlam. And they've got like Clash at the Castle. Thing. Yeah, at Principality Stadium. Wales. Wales. I didn't go. I'm not going because I wanted to go. But, you know, the ticket prices are, from what I heard, uh, extortion. From what I've seen, the ticket prices. And see when the ticket prices for seats that are in the fucking, you need to look at the screen kind of seats. Mm-hmm. Astronomical prices. Some of, the, some of the cheapest seats were like 39 quid, but some of them had obstructed viewing. Yeah. So there you go. That it was just really like so. I can't imagine what some of the fucking on the floor seats were like. 
Not and, good, I would assume. I mean, even then, it was expensive enough as it was. But I'm in that weird period right now where uh, where these go on sale right at that week before payday for me, where I'm absolutely skinned. I need to save what money I have, so uh, I'm buggered either way. But like, even if you get tickets, I've seen a lot of people basically saying like. They've not even got they've bought their tickets, but they know how much the main struggle right now is finding accommodation and travel and accommodation and like because hotels apparently in the Cardiff area have all like quickly like been selling out. Like I think it's actually just outside the main city bit of Cardiff, but like still a lot of people are booking up the main hotels in that uh, area. Cool. There you go. Paul's still at war with these flies that are in these. It's a it's a real battle of equals here. It really is, especially when I have, as you see, have my home nice and organised and clean. Mm-hmm. But it is a summer. And you know how I detest the summer. So, yeah. So, I like to see this kind of thing, uh, not the flies, but the thing with wrestling, the idea of, like, across these next couple months, that, like, doesn't matter which company you watch, you watch more than one or whatever. Like, you can, you, you can watch whatever you want to watch. Do you want to watch just WWE? Do you want to watch just Impact? Do you want to watch a mix of... New Japan, AEW, mix of WWE, Impact in Japan, whatever. Whatever you want to watch is there. Yeah, I like to watch a lot about everything if I had the time. Yeah, me too. But anyway, the whole thing is the Good Brothers were trying to get their, their tag belts back from Violent Magazine and a, and a big lumberjack match to get cost them by Honor oh, No More. Mm-hmm. That's led to the big turf war between the two, the two factions. It has. Yeah, indeed. There was a big eight man tag on impact. Uh there's still a war right now. There there was a tag gauntlet where it kinda of boiled over where See you leave it for five minutes. Yes. Try to talk here. We're gonna be wrapping up soon anyway with this okay, impact I'll, pod. I'll leave it for five minutes. We had a uh, so the one in order the thirty minutes got taken up by this tag gauntlet at uh Rebellion where you had uh major players starting off Cardona and Myers, and then, oh, what a coincidence, the people you're feeding with, yeah, Grace and Morrissey are <laughs> the next team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Morrissey and Grace got eliminated as their shenanigans, but then they came in and battered uh, Cardona and that. Anyway, afterwards, Chelsea Green <laughs> got put through a table. That was good to see. And then the Good Brothers, Mark, Mark, even though while Matt Cardona's completely like, oh, no, I can't wrestle right now, I need to care for Chelsea, then in comes the Good Brothers, like, no, fuck you, in the ring we go, magic yeah. killer. Get them pinned. I'm, I must say, though, well, that, that tells you mean the chick can take a fucking mm-hmm. shot through a table. Yeah. She is hardcore. Mm-hmm. But uh, then out come the next team. done that to Alicia Edwards, the table wouldn't even break. Yeah. Then in come the Zicky Dice and uh, Johnny Swinger, who then got quickly dismantled. But how did Johnny Swinger come in? He came in in his little, his little <laughs> trolley with the rocks. <laughs> Yeah, and then they got quite the most. Then you had a bit more competitive back and forth between the Good Brothers and Swan and Mac, who then got uh, taken care of. Yeah, Magic Killer, and then out come on no more. You're like, oh, it's maybe Taven and Bennett, but then out come it comes Maria with uh, with Vincent and Kenny, and you're like, oh, yeah, I thought they would have done more than one combination of on no more, but they didn't. And then they get distracted. And then they sneak in and they basically beat them by shenanigans. Mm. It's always <laughs> fucking shenanigans, isn't it? Yeah. But then that comes here comes Heath and Rhino and then they think they're well, they think they're gonna be easy pains because they're more fresh, but they go for that weird double team finisher. Rhino gores Abley Bennett and they score the win. And then out come VBD, uh consisting of Do- of Doring and Young, yeah. who are the final team. Like 
I know why we are still using the OIC or we beat all the teams. Like, of course you did. You came in last, you bastards. <laughs> anyway, they came in last and they managed to like, dispose of, of Heath and Rhino. Uh, then Eric Young comes in the next week on Empire and goes, this, is, this image you've seen here, this is permanent. We're going to keep on to these for a long time. And then, then Heath and Rhino are like, no, we want the belts. Like, it's no fair. And then out come the Briscoes to... I remember our last pod, I was like, oh, I'm sure the Briscoes will pop up as a surprise. In there. <laughs> but they did. I was waiting for it. I was waiting yeah, for right. it. They had a couple of mad bastards, eh, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got this some magnetism, boy. We can't get away from these tag tiles. We can take tag tiles all over the place. Now we're going to give them an impact. I said to Brian, like, can you imagine if the bushwhackers were actually competent? That's the best way to describe them, I think, eh? Aye. Then, like, there was a bit on the end of Siege, all of, like, Mark, especially. Mark's the one with... Less hair and less teeth, I think. She's oh. the one with the long dreadlocks. Oh, yeah. And Mark's like, have I told you once? I told you 42 times. Although <laughs> well, he says 42 and that, and then he comes back to contrary and you hear Tom Anthony goes, well, I didn't think anything could beat Starner, Matt, but that might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Starner, Matt. So Briscoe was quickly on that same episode then by dispatch of uh, Heath and Rhino and then went on to under siege and I don't know if this surprised you, but they end up walking out with the tag belts, and I remember saying to you, "Oh, it's 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 Eric Young and uh, and Dina represent them. They're losing." Yeah, yeah. You you know when Dina's involved in an actual match, you know the team's not going to do well. I yeah. can't believe we haven't excommunicated him and stuffed that flag up his nose yet. And then like even they announced a rematch after Eric Young already won the number one contendership. So I'm like, well, you're definitely not going to win that one, are you? Because well, Eric Young's not going to. People tag time and then try and become world champions at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and Eric Young won. Yeah, no, I'm saying like he won the he won the gauntlet, but then they announced a tag uh, a rematch for after the gauntlet match or a week after or something like that. Oh, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like well, if he's going to slam wrestling the main event, he's not going to be winning the the tag titles back. Yeah, Cause I, would, cause I, I don't think they would they would beat the Briscoes no. that quickly. The Briscoes are quite intense. From what I've heard, the rumor is it's going to be Good Brothers versus Briscoes, but like I imagine somewhere or another they'll, they'll they'll revisit it. No, I was going to say they'll maybe put Honor No More in there as well, make a triple because like because otherwise it's going to be like oh a regular match between Good Brothers and and uh, Briscoes, which you'll be you'll, you'll be enjoying, and then Honor No More will probably try and stick their nose in. So let's just have a triple threat. Let's just get all the insanity out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, but I like the fact they've announced that oh, and the rematch is going to be young and uh, D- and young and Doring again. So like, you know, back in Spain, Young's like fucking you. I should I knew I should have teamed with Buddy <laughs> Doring, but you, you be fl- you're all you're good for is leaving that bloody flag of it. But then it's a bit on and But look, then they had the five on five where you had Eddie, Vincent, Bennett, Taven, and King against J White, Good Brothers, Chris Bay, and ELP who came mm. back. Uh, love how they all took turns doing the whole like ALPs like over the top back break kind of move, and that, then that got tiring after a while. <laughs> I thought it was fine, and then this is a this is a callback to a match from twenty fifteen between Bullet Club and the Kingdom, as they were called then, where Maria gets up to on the on the apron and distracts uh, Carl Anderson because there was a moment where she did that by just shaking her ass during a tag match in Japan, and it's about where Grandson's all mesmerized, and then he just tells tries to get involved, and then he just grabs his face and just turns him aside like, look, woman. That's, that's, that's what uh, that was a funny thing that happened years ago and that's oh, why I don't... know I know I just don't understand it because I don't really see why people would be mesmerised by looking at Maria Canellis. she ain't that much to look at what's your opinion 
What's she in? Well, your opinion's a bit skewed, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I, I know an attractive woman when I see one in Maria Canellas. There's not one of those things. I'm just saying, I think you're, you're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. But anyway. You think she's attractive? Yeah. There you go, man. Okay. There again, I'm not exactly fighting women off women off at the moment, am I? You're just gonna leave that hanging in the air now? Not even gonna respond to the I'm not sure how to respond to that one. Well silence is not the way I wanted it to Okay. Silence makes me feel awkward. Okay, well no, you're not fighting them off, no, but you know, you're not looking hard enough. That doesn't that that's not even that's not much better. Why did we get to this? I don't know, but it's all I had. Now you're making me awkward now. Anyway, VBD. Uh, no. Anyway, on no, the you, can, you can't date VBD. No. <laughs> you're getting me confused. Too many people with initials. Anyway, on no war won again, which I was sad about because I wanted Billet Clubs to win. Yes, yes. I think we all wanted that. Yes, we did. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on for, but I'd like Billet Clubs to eventually get their fucking win in against, uh, against On No More. Especially while Jay White's still technically around. Yeah. I'd also like to ask a question. I know it's a little, mm-hmm. little past news now. Yeah. Where, where, where have gone those gorillas of destiny? Where have we gone? Well, well they're in Japan over there. They're good guys. Oh. Fighting against Bullet Club. Because there was a whole thing about, basically, GY like to try and create a new version of Bullet Club with the Good Brothers now instead of uh, Girls of Destiny. And basically, he was like telling all the rest of Bullet Club word, whose side are you on? Are you on my side? Are you on Tamatonga's side? And there was a match in the second round of the New Japan Cup between Evil and, and Tama, where during the match, you know, some of members of Evil's like subgroup of Bullet Club called the House of Torture got involved. Yeah. Includes old uh, Dick Togo. Uh from Kai from Days getting involved. And then some guy like Ishimori Neo Peking and it looks like oh no, they've sided with, with Tama Tonga and like Ishimori helps up Tama and because Tam brought him into Bullet Club. And then he just spins around, EOP kicks him in the face. Oh. So basically all of Bullet Club pretty much just sided with, with Jay White. With Jay White. And kicked out. And then there's a guy called Jado who's kind of the manager of the heater for uh, for, 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 G, for G.O.D. He's like, no, I, I stand with these guys. And then Gado, who's uh, the ma- spelled G-E-D-O, all right? Gado. <laughs> he's like Jay White's manager. Oh, Gado. He's Jay White's kind of manager. <laughs> and... Uh, he used to be tag partners with Jado back in the day when they were both wrestlers. And basically, he he basically just punched Jado in the face when he realised he was standing away. And the company were like, "Oh, you guys have known each other thirty years, but you just toss them aside because you're siding with Jay White." So Jado and God got kicked out, but then they joined this wee group of baby faces and that. And now they're fighting against God. Tama won the Never Belt, and now he's going to defend it against the Machine Gun and a Japan Show coming up. That'll be cool. Kato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so if, yeah. I, if I could humour like that, wouldn't amuse me. So, you know, I've been, you know, they've been teasing. I imagine Buddy God and Gilbert and a proper two on two time match for ages, and I know they they did it in that match. You know, sort of God show up back again, and the and Empire Wrestling for a proper showdown between those two. I think Impact Wrestling should get some moolah and sign people like that. Mm. <sighs> Maybe. Okay. But, you know, I don't know where else to, to go in back because I feel like I've said everything. I, I just say, it's only more exciting. Yeah, I, I helped too. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying we've said all we need to say. 
Yeah. We said some of the more exciting bits at the, uh, the start. We did. And then I don't know where else to go other than the fact that all I can say is repeat the fact we're excited for for some anniversary. I don't know of anything outside of uh, stuff we've already mentioned is happening. We are. I'm looking forward to that handicap match between Sammy Callahan and his bat against Moose. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that a great deal. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't quite know if Sammy's like a face or if he's a tweener, or if he's a heel. I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he can probably describe him as a tweener because like, I mean, he's going up against heels, but he's not exactly a saint himself. So I think that's the best way you can describe him. No, he's a nut. No, he's a nutcase. Yeah. Oh, the see, as a match. He used to be tag bar with John Moxley back in the day in the indie scene, right? They were a proper advertising called the Switchblades, and now they've announced that there's a show coming up, a new show where. He and Moxley are going to team back together again, uh, maybe for one night, who knows. But basically they're teaming up to face Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. Oh, fuck the wolves. Mm-hmm. Like, if Davey Richards and Eddie are teaming together on the end on the indie scene, why can't they get Davey and be part of honour no more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why? Why? Aye. I know. Aye. Aye, fuck. I know. A good, that's a good question. I'm wondering... If, Regardless of what happened with Jay White and the match with Okada, I'm, I'm hoping you'll see him again. Cause um, Impact, we're asking you. Mm. How no? Aye. How? How? I was going to say, part of me wanted to see Jay White get a shot at Josh Alexander for the title, but if he's going to win the IWGP title, then I don't think they want to have him come in and lose. They'll come back to Lynn Lewis, the Impact champion, but hell, they could do a fun champion v champion-esque thing. Maybe. Yeah. Either way, I'd like to see him come out. If he doesn't win the Lewis Japan title, then I'd like to see him have a one-off match with Josh for the... Impact Hill, he'll probably lose, but it'd be a fun match to see happen. Yeah. Anyway, so I, it's one of those weird ones where we've talked about all the stuff that's really relevant right now. There's still so much that could happen between now and Slam Anniversary. Yeah. And I don't know how exactly to round all this off because I'm wondering, I'm, I'm somewhere in the back of my head thinking something's happening in Impact that I've forgotten about. But Well, whatever you've forgotten about, we'll get to it next one because we have covered it. Yeah. It is exciting as fuck. It's going to be exciting at Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. And I am all in for it. Mm-hmm. As am I. Because I've said to you, even though I enjoyed Bound for Glory last year more than I did the 2020 version of it, uh, Slammiversary for me has become the show more so than Bound for Glory in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to going back to Nashville, uh, the, the home of, of TNA back in the day. Mm. Uh I'm wondering if they, they do announce this whole we're doing TNA one night only. They were going to be in somewhere in Florida when they were originally going to do it. I'm wondering if they'll say, oh, we're going back to Orlando, you know, Universal Studios where they used to do their whole setup. Mm. Maybe not exactly Universal Studios, but maybe somewhere in Orlando. You never know. You never, you know. never know. You never know. Never say never and all that. Never say never. But yeah, are you guys looking forward to Slamverse? Are you keeping up with Impact? Are you excited about what's happening? Who do you think should get the next shot after young to Josh Alexander, or who even do you think should get the uh, the title shot, or who do you even think should take the belt off of him? Sam Beal. No, not Sam Beal. <laughs> uh, ace. Ace. The inevitable ace. You think, you think we see an option C situation I here? I think we see an option C. Whether he would be successful or not is the other question, but yeah. maybe. I mean, it would be interesting to me, even if Josh... Well, I don't know if he'll lose it, but Ben Fogler said, I think it's the earliest I can see him losing it, but like, it'd be a nice year-long round of story, like, wins it, Ben Fogler loses it immediately, chases it back, and then carries it back into Ben Fogler. If he loses it at Ben Fogler, uh-huh. I believe he will not lose it fairly. Mm-hmm. 
Because I believe when Josh does lose that belt, he is not going to lose it fairly. Wonder what they'll wonder what they'll do Bound for Glory this year because they've been taking these bigger shows or well even the smaller shows now are going outside of the usual impact yeah, zones. Yeah. So they're going on the road a lot more. So I'm wondering where they'll uh, where they'll go for. I wonder how long it'll be before they before they travel further afield. I think they're just generating trying to generate the interest, make sure they've got the audience for it. But even if they come over here again, I imagine they'll run smaller venues than they used to. No, if they came over here again, I would be so far that I would go see that. I think if they're even going to come to the UK, I have a bad feeling that they'd probably just go to England. But even then, I'd be willing to make the travel there. I'd make the travel to see Impact. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell's, hell's to the fucking yeah, I'd go to see that. Would you guys go to see Impact if they came to the UK if you live in the UK, you know? No, if you don't comment if you're American. You've got you've had enough Impact opportunities to go see yeah, them. Yeah, and you haven't seen them enough. Yes. You, talk to you specifically. You, you've been watching your WWE and your AEW because Hughes team to think that's the only fucking wrestling that exists in the damn world. Well, it done. Yeah. yeah. So you tell, isn't it? Yeah, that's my snarkiness out. Anyway, if you want to hear more of Paul Stark, check out our other episodes of Making Impact or our other uh, podcasts like our facial reviews or other re- people want to hear it and I have a lot of it to give. Our retro baby reviews are in your house uh, series, or also known as in your gaff. All the other stuff that we've been doing, uh, we're trying to do a thing where we do one week we do wrestling, and then the next week we do something different. And uh, next week we're going to be doing a, going back to a Fraser, which feels like too long since we did Fraser, and it's been too long since I watched those episodes. But I have enough of a memory when we do Fraser. But <coughs> you know, what more could you want? You know, we like to set, make ourselves different. We're a one-stop shop for Fraser and. Impact or just wrestling in general. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you got that also first. Yeah. 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 Did you get it? No. Bastard. It's annoying you now, eh? No, I thought I was just trying to get it done and over. I really don't know how to end this fucking podcast, honestly. Just say goodbye. I don't <laughs> Anyway. We, have, we have said all we needed to say. Now we need to tell lovely people goodbye, and then we go by. <laughs> anyway, we hope you enjoy. It. We hope you'll check out all those past shows and check out our upcoming episodes of our our retro reviews, our Frasers, our eclectic escapades that we've got coming up as well. And the interest of Paul popped up on Rogamins, as I said, check that out. And our feed, both feeds can be found on all good Android podcasts and Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. All the rest of Spotify, I said Spotify twice, but double make sure you can find on Spotify. Ah. Uh, Twitter, at SPRabbling, or at Rogue underscore Opinions, and uh, Facebook.com forward slash Ram Podcast. I think a nice song to play out, you know, we, we kind of thought them like, oh, bunch of wrongings or whatever. Uh, I want to play it with Honor No More theme song, because last time I saw you, Paul, I played you the actual song that they use, and... I realised the Impact version is horribly edged. The actual version is much better. Yeah, you should be allowed to come out to that one. You don't even get to hear the chorus on the uh, on the Impact version, but you'll get to hear the actual version as we run this out. Night, a nice soft ninety minutes around about here, Paul, which is short for us recently. Yeah, <laughs> and you know we get succinct to the point. Impact was class. Here's why. That's basically the the gist of this. Podcast. Aye, basically. Mm-hmm. So. And, and now, until the next time, we must bid you goodbye. And see ya.
Yeah. <laughs>